0: advice would be trust your gut because there was just, it's so weird Madeline. There's just something in me that just knows.
1: Hello humans. Welcome back. I am taking a deep breath because I am so hyped for the conversation that is coming to your eardrums today. I cannot believe sometimes that it is my work in this world to get to have conversations with such high caliber women and then to get to have my team participate in this process of like packaging up these beautiful stories to gift them to all of your eardrums. And this conversation today is catalytic Quite frankly, it is on fire um, we were talking for 45 minutes, rapid fire, nonstop, could barely stop to take a beat between laughing and crying and really being in alignment with each other about what it takes to scale something really fast and really in a way that is fulfilling for our lives Um today's guest is kristen keats kristen and i have known each other for almost a decade now and we have woven our trajectories and journeys as entrepreneurs and leaders in and around the accounting and tech industry for that course of, of the past 10 decades and watching her growth journey and being a part of it at different points in my career is just an absolute honor and so to sit down with her today and to hear more of her story than I than I knew before, and then also to bounce ideas off of her as a fellow leader that is growing a business even faster than my company is uh, an absolute treat. And And, you know, she gets very, very vulnerable about the fear that showed up for her when she was starting to feel that urge to start something of her own and how she navigated that. And so for any of you out there that are listening, that are looking to make a leap, this is a conversation that you absolutely need to lean into. And please, please pass it on hello and welcome to the latest episode of the finding fearless podcast i am delighted to be here today because i am talking with an old friend of mine Kristen keats of breakaway advisors uh, and bookkeeping i should say breakaway advisors and bookkeeping and Kristen and i have been friends for a while we met in the working world when i was starting out my early days i think all the way back at at the first tech company that i ever worked for and we've just stayed connected the 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 ways that we've worked have always kind of crossed paths at the super perfect pertinent times and it makes me so excited to have her here on the podcast today to share more of her story so welcome kristen i'm so glad to have you here
0: thank you madeline i am thrilled too yeah it's been a fun roller coaster ride hasn't it the last i don't know seven to eight years i don't know however long it's been
1: yeah, it, it is. Uh, you know, there's so much in my story that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. And I, I, I you know, I think about that all the time when I tell the story about, you know, how I made the leaps from one tech company to another. And and so I'm just I'm so excited to like get to dig into more of your story because I know I know pieces of it. But I think that it's really important, particularly when we've got, you know, amazingly ambitious women that are building really cool shit to to talk about it, right? And talk about it publicly so that others can 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 you know be inspired by any insights you have to offer. So first question at the gate, it's a little bit loaded. What has made you the woman that you are today? So
0: gosh, you know, I'm a little long in the tooth. So there's probably a lot of things that have gone into it. But if we if we start about the time that that you and I met. I was at a, a smaller local firm. We had just, I had just drank the Kool-Aid of cloud accounting. I had just been introduced to the new, you know, platform of QuickBooks Online. And I've kind of like got all starry-eyed, and I was like, this is the future, like, this is it. Because I had been in like the bookkeeping world for a long time. I've been a tax CPA. and I've been CPA for over 20 years. And so I knew the very traditional way. And by the way, this was a very traditional firm that I was in. But luckily they kind of gave me enough leash to go and kind of create this cloud platform. And when I say I drank the Kool-Aid, I mean it was the whole value pricing journey. It was the whole getting rid of the billable hour. It was all all of the things that at least at that time were on cutting edge, and probably a lot of them still are on the on the cutting edge. So I, I spent about four years building out that program and selling it to clients and really enjoying that journey, building a bookkeeping team that wasn't there before to support client accounting services. Unfortunately, then I had a falling out with the partner at that firm. Uh, my, my plan was to become a partner. In fact, they had announced me as a partner, but I kind of realized that that wasn't where I was meant to be. So I, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm just going to start my own firm. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to go for it. But then (laughs) I got... A little, I had a little panic attack in doing that because I got very overwhelmed with all of the details that it takes to start your own firm. And really, it wasn't the serving the clients, it wasn't the doing the work, it was all the minutiae that kind of I felt like takes away from serving the clients. It was, you know, getting a website together, it was like getting all the engagement letters. Am I doing the right ones? It's hiring staff and getting a 401k plan and health insurance. And I could like go on and on and on. And so I literally... I I was about to like sign a lease on a a space. And I was just like, you know what? I got to take a step back. And my very, very good friend, Martin Mall, he at the time was the CEO of a very large regional firm. And I was having lunch with him and I was kind of telling him my struggles. And he said, you know what? Just come... Come work at this firm. We're building out our cloud accounting program. You know, it'd be a really good opportunity with your experience. You can help them do it, us do it. Plus, do that. And I'm like, okay, great. Like that's a good opportunity, right? Like bigger clients, bigger market. I can do this. But turns out that large firms for me are pretty difficult to work in because I kind of like to just go and do stuff. And they don't like it when you do that. <laughs> I got a lot of no's and I got a lot of that's not how we do things around here. And even though I know that Martin's vision for that firm was to really keep things on the cutting edge and keep things nimble, it's just so hard to do in that kind of environment. But the beautiful thing that happened there, even though like as a you know, career, it was not the right fit for me, but a couple things happened at that firm where number one, I got to work with a team in India. They had had an India office for about 15 years. And I started working with that team and I was like, oh my gosh, this is problem solved. This was my staffing problem solved, you know, was working with that team. And then the other thing that happened is we started... Talking about that as an idea, like building a a different business line around that idea of like, how could we kind of make this easy for people like me that want to go start their own firm, but they don't want to deal with all the headaches or it's just very overwhelming. And I had my list. I literally had my list of everything that had kept me up that night. And we just kept marking them off. And then it's funny how you said how I was integral to your journey. You were integral to my journey because you came in right about the middle of that and helped me cross off some of those tasks and who's the ideal client and really like whittled that down and got the concept all ready to go. And that concept ended up being breakaway. And that just came of being like a burned-out accountant. I mean, really, it was just bred from having that like battered accountant syndrome. And how do we make this? a better experience for accountants and a better experience for the clients.
1: I love this story so much, as you know, like I've got so much heart and soul that feels connected to it because, you know, I spent so much of my career in proximity to lots of women like you, like women who were leading client accounting services teams inside firms of all shapes and sizes were not really getting recognized for the work and the worth of of what they were doing. And like we're beating their head against a wall going like, there's got to be a better way to do this. But like we're like, you know, pushing back against boundaries and belief systems that existed because some guy said so. And yeah. like and, and, and so one of the questions I really want to ask you is like, what did it take to, for you to give yourself the permission to take the power and run? Because that's the transformation I've watched in you that I fucking love. Is that like when I hang out with you now, like this woman, she shows up in her leather jacket and she gives like no fucks. Like she gives no fucks. Like it's great, it's great. And 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 what I love to see is like I knew the Kristen that was like at McCoy Foot, like wishing like maybe we could do it differently. And now you're like we're doing it differently. And like, that is your whole brand at this point, right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes, that's, so, yeah. Like, and, and a lot of us, like, I think it's really important to acknowledge that like you took a step forward and then you took a step back yep. and then you ran full force in the direction of that dream. And it was even bigger and better than you ever imagined it. And I had something similar when I was starting and scaling my company. And so I can relate to that a lot, but like, what was the thing that's finally like flip that switch for you to be like, I don't need anybody's permission. Like I'm doing it. You know
0: what? Um, I mean, not to be a downer, but I think it was when my dad passed away because I, I was, I would, by this time I was pretty miserable at the firm I was at. I don't, I'd only been there like a year and a half, but I knew that this was not, and they had kind of given an indication that they were not going to support us, you know, kind of incubating that project that became breakaway anymore. And I was, I kind of looked around and I'm like, what, so I'm going to be like a tax manager in a very traditional, like male oriented firm. Like that ain't for me. And then, yeah. And so I kind of, I pulled up, I literally like kind of at the last minute had a trip to Alaska. I was gone for like seven days with my kids and came back. And literally the last day I was in Alaska, my dad passed away. And I came back and, and he had been ill for a while. And honestly, it was one of those situations where it was kind of like a relief at that time because he was not, he was not happy, but I had lunch with Martin the day that I'm like cleaning out my dad's place. And I literally just looked at each other and we're like, fuck it. (laughs) So I think there's just something about your like parent passing away and I'm life is short, right? Like if not now, when I'm not getting any younger. When are we, we know, like, there's just something. And I guess that's the other thing I would say, not wait for a parent to die. My, my advice would be trust your gut because there was just, it's so weird, Madeline. There's just something in me that just knows. And I don't know anything, by the way. I'm, I, my intuition is wrong so much of the time, but sometimes I just know things just to know. And like, that's what you're kind of describing when you're like, no, I know how this should be done. And sometimes even when my faith falters a little bit, I don't know i i can only say it's like god or magic or the universe or something that's just pushing me in this direction because i just know we can do it different
1: and also the other thing is like there's this moment where you're like well nobody else is fucking doing it right like that's the thing too that i think happened for you is like you and i both got super entrenched in the accounting industry at large in terms of cloud accounting and we were looking around yeah. and everyone like said they were doing it. yes but like it yeah I, I started taking the hood off some of those firms because i was on the inside and i was telling you like none of that shit is what it seems and then you get into this big large like super risk you know recognized firm and you're like it should be different around here right and then you're like oh wait nope it's just like the same shit, different packaging and so so but like that's the thing is like you had this intuitive notion that you're like oh there is a problem like everybody sees it nobody's solving it why not me like yeah. why not me like i seem to know exactly what needs to be done or i'm i'm smart enough that i can fucking figure it out like i can figure it out and and that's the stuff that like gets me so excited But I also think that like scares most people, quite honestly, is like the opportunity arises and it's held out in front of you Universe is like here, take it. And a lot of people shy away. And so like, I'm curious to know about like little Kristen, like was that entrepreneur like that? I'm going to do it my way thing. Like, has that always been inside of you, do you believe? Or is that something that came out over time? I think it has
0: always been inside of me. I think it manifested itself in different ways. And the funny thing is like one of our breakaway, like credos, we talk about being troublemakers because uh, literally I've been in trouble my whole life because of my mouth, because I just say what I think. And people don't like that. They think that they want to hear what you think, but they really don't. And so I'm, I was always in trouble. I was always like, I can't believe you said that. And I'm like, I don't know, I just say things. So I guess, I guess if you call that an entrepreneurial spirit, having a big mouth and not willing to like settle for bullshit and mediocrity, sadly, I think, I guess if it, if it took me being an entrepreneur to not settle for mediocrity and bullshit, then I guess here I am.
1: And, and the other thing that you've done and we've both done, honestly, cause we were, you know, in Portland just a couple weeks back, hanging with, hanging with the crew. Right. Is that like, because we've got a bit of big mouths, we've like attracted like this really powerhouse posse of like other women yes. that operate in this That's way. That's my
0: favorite thing. Yes.
1: It is my favorite thing too. And like, I feel like I don't like any voices that were like, like are you allowed to say that like can you do shit this way or <laughs> like are completely drowned out now by like this cheering section of like badass bosses who are like fucking get it you're gonna crush it like you got this girlfriend like I love and it. i i love that so much and i love that for you as well and i'm just i, I you know but i also recognize that when we are a little bit catalytic in nature like we're a little bit hot to handle that like that can be a real repellent for a lot of people too and so like for me to find like adult female friends that like are as ambitious as I am and are are, like getting after it in the business world the way I am and like things like that that's been really hard to find because some people see me and they're like she's full of herself I don't want to deal with her like I've got all these ideas of what people think about me because of you know, who I pretend to be on the Internet or have to like play the part to be the the, the entrepreneur, the leader. But like you, you know, from the outside, don't seem to have any of those issues. Like you just have all these talented, amazing women around you at all times. Like, what is that? How did you do that? How did you get there? (laughs) Teach me, please. Oh my
0: gosh. How did I get there? I don't know. And I'm just like, so grateful for it because I honestly feel, I honestly feel like I'm not that great of a friend. (laughs) Like I don't remember people's birthdays. Like I'm a terrible gift giver, like all that traditional stuff. But I think, I think you hit it Madeline when it's just like, I think if you're just truly authentically yourself, you attract. Similar people. Right. That literally is the law of attraction. Right. Is like I and and I don't know how any other way to be because I figured out that when I try to lock up who I am, I get like stomach ulcers and like bad skin. And I can't. I, yeah, it's not pretty. So I'm just like, well, here I am. And I love that it's it's kind of a magical thing that the universe does is it actually does surround you with very cool people that and in, in a way that sometimes i actually forget and now every once in a while i'm around like traditional like accounting people and i'm like oh i forgot
1: <laughs> i forgot
0: about these people
1: i'm laughing so hard because i i'm i'm having a memory of you and i at a quickbooks connect conference like hold up in a corner of like, of like, you know, a table somewhere where we had gone to like, you know, conspire about what we were both going to be doing next (laughs) when we like got out of that place. And, and, you know, I think even somebody like came over to talk to both of us and we were like, like, fuck off, like we're having a (laughs) conversation, like you're not a part of this, like, but, (laughs) but I also think that's the other part of it is like when you elevate yourself to this new next level, which is like the level where you and I are starting to play at in our lives and our businesses, which is like unparalleled authenticity. Like no matter where I show up, this is like who you get. And like like it or leave it, like this is who I am. And like also like the way we operate in business, right? Is like these are my core, core values. Like you either have them or you don't and that way you you don't need to work for or with me, right? And and that's a huge evolution that like levels you up to this new playing field where the people who are playing up here yes. are all operating at that level. And like, I had a great leader from, from a company we've worked with, Rewind, they, he, he said to me at one point, he said, you know, A players attract A players. Like he was like, if you're on the fucking A team, you have no patience for the B squad. Like you just don't. Like if you're showing up and you're getting shit done and you're working your ass off and you're also like playing really hard too, like, Those are the people you're going to like attract and have around you. And like, and that's just the way it's going to be. And like, you don't have time for the B squad and that doesn't mean those people are bad. That's just, they're not at this level. And like, that's the level you should be playing at and then up from there. Right. If we're continuing the evolution. And so like one of the questions I really wanted to dig in deeper with you today about was like attracting those A players from a hiring perspective because you and I are scaling super fast. You know, both of us are, you know, hiring like droves of people at a time. It feels like at times yes. like we are hiring. <laughs> I, I didn't want to put both. that out there. <laughs> She's investing in the moment. She's hiring. And, and same here, Fearless Foundry. We are hiring. <laughs> and, and and we're trying to attract ambitious humans that want to work hard and earn well and like be a part of something bigger than themselves. And we're also human. And we're also like empaths and acts of service humans at our core. And we want to see the best in all the people. And we want to like help the humans. And so I know for both of us as as leaders, this has been a, a lesson we've been relearning of like, how do you hire the right people? How do you find the right talent? Like, what are the things that are working or not for you to, as you scale and like, what are you learning along the way?
0: I'm going to, I'm going to tell all the answers to how to exactly hire the right person. Cause I have figured it out. Everybody listens. I've totally figured it out. No, I haven't figured it out, but here's what I think we call it trying to f- hire a unicorn. We're trying to find a unicorn, right? Because we want, here's what we want in our perfect world. We want somebody who's really great and really detail oriented and really into the numbers and loves just getting in there and digging in and figuring everything out and getting everything perfect on the forms. We also want someone who can talk to clients and explain things to client and do a little business development and really get out there and shine and show up on people's podcasts and be out there as like a representative of the company. And what we're finding is that those finding those two qualities in the same person, it's not impossible, but it is a little unicorn ish. And so what I've tried to do in modeling in, in both the business and Breakaway, and then I also have a tax, a tax practice. And, and here's my model. My model is that we have people who are client managers or in Breakaway, we call them our advisors. And those people are client facing. They understand and conceptually understand financial things in sure Tax. They have a tax knowledge. They have a tax background. But their strong suit is dealing with the clients and explaining things to clients. And by the way, most of our clients, these I'm in Sherwood, Oregon. This is salted earth. We've got we've got plumbers, we've got drywallers, we've got just owner managed businesses. Okay, that we're just trying. We're not doing super complicated things. Okay, and so our, our client managers are just that. They manage the whole client relationship. They figure out the pricing. They figure out the billing. When that client calls and has a question, it's not the mental weight on me as the firm owner. You're going to manage that whole relationship. So part two of that is that we then have a leveraged model where we have an outsourced team. And so our team is actually located in Guadalajara, Mexico. We've got two people going on three. Those are our detailed bookkeepers, tax preparers. Those are the people that do the real detail work into the numbers. They're supervised by the client managers. But ultimately, we want to build at least a two-layered team in the Guadalajara office so the prep and review happens there. We already have it in India on the breakaway side. Prep and review happens there. By the time it gets to that advisor, it's, it's basically ready to go with, oh, clarifying questions for the client. So that's my not short answer to the
1: question. But but there's some really important pieces I want to pull out here. So like one of the things that I am hearing is that you have learned over time that there are different personality types that are essential to your organization succeeding. And I would say that that is super similar to what we found at the Fearless Foundry. There is the type that, you know, there's the unicorns, right? And oftentimes those unicorns are so special that they might be leading their own companies or someday growing up and leading their own companies right so like that's a hiring challenge i've faced in the past is like i hire people that are unicorns when i can find them and then they might go out and go on and and build their own business and like you know part of my life's work at this point is like if i can just help other women start kick-ass companies like that's great for me too like i taught them something along the way i get to like high five them as they head out the door and be like you go do that shit God damn it, I need to find another one of you. <laughs> like, you know, so there's that. But then there's also this piece of like there there's this recognition of like for my internal operators, like the people who are going to stay with me long term. there There is two types. There is what we call our account managers and they sit between the, the client and the creative team and they are the translators of all the ideas and information. They are strategists who are going to play out ideas with the client until it actually makes sense on paper. They're going to capture any scope you know, we're scope creep. And they're going to come communicate all that to the team so that we can execute on those ideas. Right. Yeah. And so very similar. And there is the creative team, which the majority of them from what we have found over time are actually a bit more introverted and would like mm. to just be in their creative caves and like okay. making the beautiful oh, yeah. things. Totally similar
0: to accounting. Yes.
1: Totally making all the pretty pictures and all of the beautiful work and all of these amazing things that my team creates, right? Like, but they prefer that, and they they like the idea of talking to people is like not the thing that they want to be doing all day long. And so, like for a long time, I was like, I and one other team member were the only one talking to humans, and I was like, I could not talk to another human if you paid me money. Like, I literally will pay money to not talk to more humans all day long, and that's exactly what I did. I hired two account managers yeah. and will continue to expand that role. And it's been a fucking game changer yes. for me It's just understanding, oh, there are different types of humans. Not everyone needs to be wired the way I am because correct, that's just the truth of the world. Not many people are, I'm, I'm going to be honest, or like finding us is really hard because we're out there building our own shit, right? And there is this like nuance that you need to understand of like, who are the humans that you need to help? But also like, what is the way that they're wired? Like, what is the super power thing that they're going to bring to the table that's going to yep. make them great at what they do? And
0: that's my biggest thing is to play on people's strengths. In fact, mm. like that's our next thing that we're going through is like everyone on both teams, on the breakaway team and on the tax team, we're all going to do strength finder test because I that's exactly it. Because I've learned that you cannot try to pull people's out of their weaknesses. No, play to their strengths.
1: Uh, we we are uh, the one that we do inside of our organization is a neogram and we we love it because it's like a little bit woo like we are you know and we like we lean into that shit and we're like wait you know if you're a textbook three wing two for anybody who's an enneagram nerd it means i'm like you have to
0: tell me what i am because i can never oh you're
1: you're you're a two wing three for sure i like go take the test and see but like for sure. Because so like a two is a like textbook helper and like a three is like overtly ambitious. And basically like your wing is like whatever you if you find harmony between those two sides of self, like you're your best, balanced, brightest self. And so I'm like stupidly ambitious since birth. And also, if I'm balanced, I'm helping people all the time. That's why I'm a three three wing, too. And like you got into your work to help other people and like you're also ambitious as hell and now that you've leaned into that more you're living your best damn life you're also super busy but the work has shown up because you have shown up for yourself which i think is a really important thing to talk about yes. like how has how has building this business changed your life like please tell me that all that like. Because I know how much it has from the outside, but how has it changed you becoming an entrepreneur? I mean, there's good and bad for sure. I mean, in the good ways, I mean, you're right.
0: Just just probably finding my own feet and my own voice and now getting to the point where I don't even question my own voice anymore. It's just like, this is how it is. And like, yeah i'm the boss and i'm the boss for a reason and this is just how it is so that part of it has been i mean that part of the journey and it's kind of cool because like jackson was my son was listening to me one time and he i come out like from some call i don't even know what it was and i come out and he's like you're a bad bitch and i'm like high compliments from my 18 year old son. And so like, so that's kind of fun to, and my daughter has made similar comments too. And so that's been kind of fun to, to see with that now, probably, I think that, you know, I, i mentioned to you before about like my, my friend calling it Irish optimism. My problem, this is my, this is my Achilles heel is because I do have that ambition and this vision. And I just do have such a passion for changing this goddamn accounting industry that I might, on occasion, bite off more than I can chew. And so when I bought a tax practice only after only starting breakaway a year in, I probably bit off more than I could chew, but here I am. But again, it's that thing inside me that's just driving me that like, I know how this can be. And once I get it there, I can replicate it. And so when you talk about like finding the unicorns and then they leave, I want my unicorn to start another show with tax. I want my unicorns. I want to see little Sherwood taxes all over the, the U.S. because they're like, oh, this is the system. This is how it works. This is our processes. This is our leverage model. Bam, bam, bam. This is how it works. And that's how we're going to break this industry of these crazy work weeks and, and all this crap that, that is not sustainable. And if these firms can't see it, I guess they're just counting on getting their huge partner buyouts and checking out because they, they can't not see what's happening in this industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, there's this fire that burns in both of us where we're like, this is bullshit, but we can also change it. And like, that's the thing that keeps me going most days is, uh, you know, and it's a balance too, right? There's like the joy and the energy and like the getting to have conversations with humans like you and calling it work, like all of those pieces that feed us too. But like, there's definitely a fire in you because of you're just like fed up with the way this is, working. And let's be honest, like economically, like accounting is an industry that takes advantage of women. I'm going to just say that flat out and I'm going to drop the mic for a second and then I'm going to say why, which is that historically and this is the same in the world of marketing, historically accounting firms were run by old white men who promoted other white men, be it their sons or their buddy's son up the chain of partner command where then they earned equity in an entity that then by the time that partner was ready to retire it was paid out in a sizable lump sum so that man could sail off into the sunset meanwhile a lot of the work was being done by women yes who were not able to make partner because they couldn't put in 70 hours a week while also raising two kids or three yep. kids or being a single mom, or whatever it was, where they were, you know, not able to get their CPA or their EA because they also had to pick up kids from from school at 4pm. And there are so many stories of inequity and accounting That's like a whole podcast in itself. But what at least I, yeah, it's like a series. It's definitely a series um, <laughs> coming to theaters near near you. <laughs> but but you know, I know that there's a part of your passion that comes from that, that place of inequity and like writing that those systemic wrongs, be it, you know, with your teams in remote parts of the world, or be it with with working women. And you're, you know, you're, you've raised two kids on your own. And like, you know what that's like. And so this is a two parter. Like, first is, you know, how for other women out there who are single moms who are women that have been working from home was particularly in the past year that are wanting to do something differently, but don't believe they can do it with kids. Like what would you say to them? And because I know what you went through with homeschool last year, like we all did. Mm-hmm. And part two is talk to me about the larger equity piece you have at play. Because I think there's a lot of people who, if they didn't know your entity and just heard that you have teams in foreign countries might make assumptions about that. And so okay. I want you to talk about the equity piece of all of your operations.
0: Okay. What was the first question?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ta- ta- if there's a woman out there who's wondering, how do you do this? Oh, yeah. kid. How do you do yeah. this?
0: Okay. So, you know, Madeline, I have to acknowledge that I, I came at this from a place of privilege. Absolutely. I, I, I can't not acknowledge that, that I, yes, I was able to say, fuck you and walk away from my job. And there's very few people that can do this. I will say my advice that I give people is, I'm saying the F word a lot on this, but have, have a fucking fund. as much as
1: you want. A fuck you you fund? Yeah. Fuck you
0: fund. So if you are unhappy in your work right now, just start, just start planning and start saving and give yourself some runway to be able to just because you know it's gonna happen, you're gonna get to that breaking point where you're at, and you just say, fuck you, and you walk away. Now, when I've been talking about breakaway and how we're structured and how we're modeled, I mean I I say we try to make it as easy as possible to like give people a, a runway to try to go, okay, we're gonna solve for all this. We're gonna help you get started. And we do, but we have we also have we we need you halfway. Because we want anyone that wants to be an advisor, they have to submit a business plan to us. They have to show us that this is going to be a viable thing for them to do because we don't want to set people up for failure. We don't want to just take all comers. We want to make sure that everyone that comes becomes a breakaway advisor is going to be successful in doing that. One of the initiatives that is in the future, we're not quite there yet, but I will go on record on this podcast to saying that we are going to start having subsidized breakaway advisors because we know that it's so hard for people to make that leap, especially more disadvantaged people, and we want we want to have a much more diverse landscape and breakaway than we currently have. And I know that that's a pathway for doing that. So just know that we are working on getting that figured out, getting that structured in a way that we can we can do that. Because I don't want it. I don't want that and literally you like you said earlier there's so much work out there there's so much accounting work out there it's literally like a 3 to 6 month runway before people's practices are up and running and ready to go so that's so that's one thing that i would say that yes there's there is options and if not that you and i both said we're hiring we know other amazing firm owners that are looking for hungry, qualified people that just want to go after it. And I mean, when we're talking about, you know, hiring personality types, we love the go-getters and we would love to incubate that in our firm. So, Hey, come talk to us, (laughs) come talk to us and we'll help, we'll help get you to where you need to be. And if you end up flying your own, then so much the better.
1: Okay. So part two of the question (laughs) is, is about the extension of that equity into other global operations. So, you know, very few people have scaled an entity to the size that you have. So, so this, the stat is just so most people don't know, the number falls between two to 3% of female founded entities make over a million dollars in annual revenue. And it is like, it's an elite club that like, we're both, you know, a part of, and, and that, that very few can, can, you know feel like they can get there and then you've added on this whole other component you actually have two entities that are that are you know in that club and on top of that you have operations in other parts of the world and you and i both know that there is some really unethical things happening in the accounting world and in in the working world in general where people are leveraging cheap labor yes. in foreign markets to be able to to make a better profit margin on their products or services. And that's happening in every industry. It's like manufacturing in China, case in point. And you have teams in other markets and you're yep. doing the opposite of that. But on the surface, if someone didn't know you and, right. just, and just heard or found out after the fact that you had a team in another market, there's a conversation around ethics to be had there And as you and I both know, for the record, there are a lot of accounting firms doing this or tech companies claiming to know about accounting, doing this and not doing it ethically and not disclosing to clients that your tax return was prepared over the seas. by the way, and we may or may not have securely transferred that data offshore. We just hide it in the T's and C's and don't tell you about it. So that. Yes. How are you different? What is the ethics that are at play here in the way that you've structured your organization?
0: Yes. so okay, so first our our team in India we are actually part owners of. We own that entity with, I think nine other accounting firms. and by the way, the person the person in India who manages it is also an owner. And so we, so there's 10 of us in that entity, and we literally go there. We physically visit there, make sure the working conditions are good, make sure the pay is on par. We have external audits happening to make sure. And I, you know, I mean, there's there's no substitute to actually going and visiting the team and literally like going in, in their homes and eating dinner with their families and really getting an idea of like that they are happy and being treated well. And so I think I can have good a good comfort level about that. Martin and I are on the board of that entity. We have monthly calls. I check in with our team leader regularly. So I feel like just being actually plugged into the humans that are working there. And each of them have names. I refer to my team by their names to my clients. And yes, I'm quite transparent about it. It's on our website. I've done a YouTube video series about like why, you know, we engage with that team and how that all works. And so then when we started, um, so Cadencia is the name of our entity in Guadalajara, Mexico. We started a team there. I love our India team. But it's, it's difficult to work with a team that's so far away. Number one, traveling and visiting, because I do believe it's important. It's not an easy place to get to. The time difference is difficult. The cultural differences are pretty tough sometimes when you're dealing with bookkeeping to not have this cultural frame of reference. So We actually knew of another CPA that had a team in Mexico and got intrigued by that and started researching that. And we thought it's it's so it's such a viable thing. There's so many qualified people. So we ended up in Guadalajara, Mexico. It's a it's it's a university town. It has many schools and colleges, and we've had we've only we made our first hire there in January and we've done some a b testing it's just like here it's just like hey, people are the same everywhere we've had some succeed some fail you know but the, the tax entity has been kind of like the uh, the tester for everyone so that's we <laughs> it's good and bad we get to test it out before we bring it to a wider market but we've also gotten to suffer with the, the not good hires but for the most part we are thrilled with the quality of the talent that we are getting there and again I'm going there in 10 days. I'm going to be spending five days with the team. I'm going to be sitting down training them. They all have names. They're all on our website. They all, you know, and the funny thing is that team is 100% remote. So I literally know what their homes look like because, you know, I I know that they have good living conditions. I know that we're paying them a good living wage. So I can take comfort in that on both sides.
1: Yeah. And this was... I mean, this is so much of the conversations and the nuance that went into building, you know, both of these brands. And I was, you know, as a part of the brand building process for one of them. And you know, this, the, you know, we, we, we got to reinvent this understanding and I, I still feel we're like, we're reinventing it. And I think COVID pushed this conversation a little bit further, right? Because Absolutely. if you're a white person who can work from anywhere, you know, and live your best life. like. Why can we not make sure that that's possible for any human anywhere yes. in the world? Right. And and so, you know, for you and and for Martin, you know, there was so much in your core values that was like, wait a second, like we're paying, we're creating like the best paying job in a market where people are really excited and overly qualified to do this work and are not having job opportunities otherwise. Like, why would we not go to those places and create these opportunities for others? particularly when here back in the States, you know, the work still needs to be done. And there are a lot of humans that believe this work is beneath them. And and and, you know, for us, like we you know, we've encountered similar challenges in the marketing arena where people are offshoring, you know, charging. my, my, the one that drives me insane is everybody thinks that social media can be done for a thousand dollars a month. And it's like, well, it can be if you offshore the labor to the Philippines to a team of talent that you pay next to nothing. And, and, you know, ch- the the easiest indicator is like, oftentimes like gr- they will come back and like the, the, the English is it, like a lot of the syntax is wrong and like basic kind of grammatical stuff is challenging. And like, yeah. it's just that stuff that gets lost in translation. And so we've had clients come to us and be like, well, this other agency gave us a price for a thousand dollars a month that I'm like, good luck, like go check out that work product and see how you feel because I know that to pay my team well here, Like, we've got to charge what the work is worth, but we've also got to hire humans that are like ambitious and want to grow into this work. And so like, there's a question that I'm dancing around here, which is like, you know, you and I have hired a lot of like evolving individuals who are like growing into new roles inside of your organization. And there's this really important thing as leaders that we like we have to cash a vision, it has to be like as full fledged as it can possibly be. And then you have to like take that team and you're like, we're going this way. And like, and and, and, you know, in order for the organization to scale and grow, like, everybody has to like attempt to run in the same direction, like as far and fast as you can go, which usually everybody's like kind of trying to keep up, which is good, but challenging, right. But Sometimes people fall off the path right or some people people are like I don't actually want to get on board and You and I have been through a lot of that in the past year. So how do you? How have you learned to like get better about like listening to your gut and being like this is when you need to go free (laughs) Like this is when you're like not a part of this vision and that's okay It doesn't it doesn't say anything about who I am as a leader. It doesn't mean I need to like shrink my vision like how have you gotten comfortable with casting big visions and then like keeping moving in that direction, regardless of yeah. who, can, who can hang? Yeah. I
0: mean, I will say on the breakaway side, it's been, in a relative sense, it's been easy because I cast that vision so strongly from the beginning that everyone that's come in is crystal clear about it. And then I'm uncompromising about it. It's a totally different story when you buy an existing business and then you get Staff that are with it. And I'll be candid, we've had nearly 100% turnover, and I'm okay with that. Because they, because it's true. This was a very small town, traditional firm, more traditional than I had thought when I bought it. And so to be able... I mean, a lot of people, their, their eyes get really big when I start talking and they're like, oh, our clients are going to like that. When I hear things like that, like our clients are going to like that. I'm like, oh, that means you don't like it. <laughs> you know? And so... So yeah, I've I've had to, I've had to replace that with people that do embrace the vision. And I have been fortunate. I did find a unicorn in my practice manager that she ate it up and she's been able to kind of like take the charge and keep leading in that direction. But yeah, it, it is, it's painful. And one by one, I've seen them go. And every time I'm like, well, I, I, it's sad, but it's okay. Because with the bigger mission's at stake.
1: Yeah. And I think that you have to believe in your vision, so much so that you're willing to like work harder than anyone and like help the humans forward. And like, if people don't want to help or be a part of that, like you believe in your vision enough to like not compromise it because somebody couldn't get on board. Like, you know, like that's, that's the biggest thing. Like the biggest lesson for me as a leader this past year. And it, it, it's like a relearning because I knew this when I was operating other people's entities, but I've recognized in my own business, like I can't build my company around what makes other people comfortable.
0: Yes. Yes. Right.
1: Like, and in fact, like if you're comfortable, we're not actually growing. Like none of us are. Right. So, so like <laughs> if it makes you uncomfortable. I had this, like,
0: this conversation with the team yesterday because our first core value is give it a go. Get outside your comfort zone. Just try it. You know, just, I love just, that. just push it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, that's why we did that. And, and then here's the thing. It, and I guess this is why I'm so strong and, and certain about how things have to go. I mean, newsflash, it wasn't working. Yeah, it was a profitable business, but stuff wasn't getting done on time. The client experience was not that great. And so it's like, what are we clinging to by this traditional model? You know, what exact we're clinging to a dead system. So mm-hmm. the only path forward, and this is why I love talking to people like you and Liz and other people that are just on the front. The edge because I'm like, I'm not alone. You know, it's not just me. Yeah. So this is why I love talking to people like Liz Mason at High Rock Accounting, because I talk to people like her and other progressive firm owners. And I'm like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one doing this because even if the only change I make is just in this small corner of the world and I never get to achieve better then so what? it's something, it's some way of moving the ball forward. And if there's little, like, I call this like this band of rebels. If there's this little band of rebels that's interspersed throughout the world and we're just, you know, trying to push and make things better, then I'm happy with that.
1: Mm, I love that. Like I refer to it as the ripple. Like if we're each like, you know, dropping our, our, you know, our, our rock, our change in our corner of the world and be like, this is what I'm throwing my thrown down on, you know, we're going to create a ripple around us that, that, you know, ultimately impacts. And then, you know, they all become connected in some way. And we, we start to have that change. We want to see. All right. I could talk to you for a hundred years. I will see you in person soon. I'm as soon as we get off this call, I'm sending you my travel calendar. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I really just want to ask this last question. That's so core to, to the conversations we're having here on the podcast, which is, you know, what does it mean to be fearless to you? You know,
0: I think that being fearless it, for me is just kind of acting fearless, even when there is fear. Mm. And because I feel like it depends on the day you catch me. I guess some days I'm just like, I'm crushing it. I, this is amazing. This is the only way to be. And there's definitely times that I get that anxiety and that like, oh God, am I doing the right thing? Am I just, you know, is this like this huge experiment going to fail that I'm doing right now? But it's just that I think fearless is just that trusting your gut and pushing forward like no matter what just when you know you know and just keep going
1: mm, I love that I love that so much and like that's the thing is like you feel the fear and you do it anyways that's it yeah ah okay I love you so much Thanks, i'm so too. proud of what you've been building and just to like stand on you the did proximity. it together girl. you're a part of this so <laughs> To to be on on the outside, you know, and and to be in your cheering squad is like one of my favorite things. So I I just want to thank you for taking the time today. It's been an honor to have you here. Always fun. Thanks, Madeline. There you have it. What a conversation. I hope it lit something on fire inside of you. I hope it makes you dig deep and think about your own dreams and the life that you really want to be living, because I can tell you there is nothing more fucking fun than working with highly ambitious, badass women who are making change in this world. It is the honor of my lifetime to have conversations like this with women like Kristen and to just hear their stories and sink our teeth into these you know, tricky things that we navigate as we scale. And, and, you know, to tell the truth that it's not all just like, you know, rose and, and, and roses, like it's, 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 you know, that's some of the stuff that, that is shared publicly, you know, is the successes we've had in scaling. But, but, you know, one of the reasons we have this podcast is to hold space for the harder conversations about the roadblocks and the lessons we've learned along the way. So, Big shout out to Kristen, you know, for showing up and sharing the real real with all of us. Um, she is an amazing human that is that is easy to find. Look, look for her on social media. We'll put all of those details in the in the show notes. If you're interested in all of those roles she's hiring for as well, we'll make sure that they're hyperlinked in the show notes. And, and you know, I, I'm going to put out a little note for for all of you, too. If, if you love what we're up to here at the Fearless Foundry, we are rapidly hiring a lot of humans of late. Most of those positions are listed on our website, fearlessfoundry.com careers. If you are a ambitious woman looking to make waves in the world of marketing, please come our way <laughs> or tell a friend, you know, and also. I, I want to to put a little little shout out here for those women who are already building something, you know, for our community, who who is just filled with creators and makers and ambitious individuals that are looking to lead in a different way. You know where those folks show up is in our finding fearless community. So this is our inner sanctum, our inner circle of of dozens of entrepreneurs that are looking to bring their whole selves into the world of business and, and to use that that authentic self as a catalyst for a different type of way of creating a company, of scaling successfully, of making an impact in your corner of the world. That community is growing. We've got spots. We would love to have you there. We've got sessions coming up this month on authentic branding. We've got a session in, in the next month or so on managing your energy, particularly in this, this Zoom era where we're on the internet too much. We've got a session in in the fall about marketing to real human people, not just based off of algorithms and robots and fake personas and, and things like that. Um, we, I'm interested in Neogram, you know, we've got a session on how do you uh, scale your operations around a Neogram for all those Neogram nerds out there. So there is just a million amazing things happening in that community. And if you feel called to participate, um, we would love to have you, you can sign up on our website it is is fearlessfoundry.com slash join finding fearless. And there you can also use the code podcast to get your first month free and and become a part of that community. The only other ask is is same as usual, but please help us spread the word. Um, The way that other humans find these stories is because you you rate, you review, you subscribe, you tell a friend and you pass these important words on to someone else who needs to hear them. And so for those of you who have already done that, already thank you, you know, for those of you who keep coming back and and consuming these stories and, and making the most of anything they have to offer, you know, thank you. And for those who are about to go spread the word, thank you. So I really appreciate all of you for taking the time showing up here in this sacred space we're creating to really empower other ambitious women to create the world that they want to be a part of and they want to leave behind for the next generation. It's just the honor of my life's work to be able to be a part of this with all of you.